Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Reitz. I'm excited you're joining us today. Uh, just as a reminder, this podcast exists because words matter, and we believe healthy communication is oxygen for relationships and for our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, from a stage, uh, in front of a team, behind a camera, uh, we really hope to challenge you and encourage you to communicate in healthy ways. And we know that you will change your world uh, for the better if you do. Well, I have been looking forward to this uh, podcast for a long time because we had to rearrange some things. And so finally, we got it in place. And I can't even believe it that we're already to episode 16 And so we're so grateful for all of you who listen and leave reviews and who share the podcast. I'm especially grateful for you, Mom, because I know you make up about 50% of those. But thank you so very much. Well, I'm so excited to welcome our guest to the podcast today. She's a leader that I have a phenomenal respect for, a huge admiration. And uh, I've learned a lot and I'm learning a lot because I'm on her email. a weekly email. And so I get all of those and I read them through. Well, welcome April Diaz to the Speak With People podcast. Oh my gosh. Not once, not twice, but thrice times have we tried to do this. And now we are here. And now we're here and we're doing it. We persisted. We did it and we're going to make it happen. And we are on opposite ends of the country. So you're on the far left. I'm on the far right. And so we are, we're making this happen across it the entire nation <laughs> all the time zones of the country we are here well, that's not true but a lot but of we're doing, it. Zones. Oh, we're doing well, it we're here thank you we're here i was thinking back to the day i think we've known each other it's like 20 years now it's real close to that it's, which is impossible it really is impossible because mm-hmm. i i don't feel like 50 is just a few years away but that's that is for me i know you're it's coming up on 29 years. but yeah, yeah, it's seven years away for me. So I got some more time. I'm in my early 40s. Jason. I love it. I can't believe that, though. I remember when we reconnected over the summer and I asked you to be in the podcast, and you remembered like our first, like we were both yeah. at like a gathering of, um, of leaders and we we're sitting at a table, and you remembered that. You did. And yeah, you we were having you, breakfast together. Yeah, you even remembered the specifics. Uh, and I was blown away. I was like, well, goodness, I don't know. We should be probably more BFFs than we are now. So, hey, there's always time, and we're we're starting today. There you go. Okay, well, let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your family, what you do, all that good kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I currently live in Orange County, California. Mm. Uh, so Southern California, it's the place to be. It's December the sixth as we record this, and it's a very chilly sixty degrees here today, which is why I'm wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> Um, it doesn't get much colder than that. Um, my children, when they go to school and when it's in the fifties in the morning, they're like, do we wear snowsuits? Like <laughs> it's so cold. Right. Um, we lived in the Midwest for a couple of years when they were younger and they look back on pictures and they're like, I don't know how we survived that. And I, I, echo that. I don't know how we survived that either, which is why we're back in Southern California. But, um, I am actually from a very small town in central Illinois. Uh, it's about a 12,000 person farming community. That is where both sides of my extended family are from. So I'm a Midwestern girl at heart, but I think I was meant to live in Southern California. This is <laughs> home for us in every way, shape and form. Uh, I am married to my high school sweetheart. We've been married oh. for now 21 years. Our wow. marriage is legal drinking age. <laughs> and we have three kids, uh, 14, 12 and 10, our oldest two 
are adopted from Ethiopia and uh, they've been home now for almost 12 years. And then our youngest is kind of a surprise miracle bio baby. So mm -hmm. all three kiddos, I don't know how they, all three kids really should not be here for all its extensive purposes. And wow. they're all miracles and they are all ours. So 10, 12 and 14 are their ages. People always are like, oh, that's a perfect age for kids. But Jason rates, uh, we became parents and we went from zero to three kids in 15 months. Wow. So wow. It, it was a lot and it continues <laughs> to be a lot. That, uh, that's the family side. That will push you. That will really push you. You learned yeah. a lot. We, we said in the first like two years of parenting that we had three rules. One was uh, get shit done. <laughs> number two was don't let anyone die. Mm -hmm. And number three was love each other as best we can. And that's really the only three things. If we could accomplish those in the day, it was a good thing. So um, on the work side, on the like vocation side, I am a founder CEO of a company called Azer & Co. And we're a coaching company for women um, oh. and for men who are equally committed to smashing the patriarchy and partnering better with women in life and in leadership. So I have been uh, leading this build, leading, building, creating this company for like three and a half years now. Wow. And it's the greatest adventure of my life. Mm. Okay, so you are also one of our speakers at the Speakers Conference in March. And Thank so I, I know we're still months away, but what's, what's something you're excited about when it comes, when you think oh about the God. conference? I think words matter so much, which is part of your vision as this company. And I, I very much believe that. And I think that in this moment in time, our words as leaders um, and as communicators in whatever platform that we have, mm -hmm. like you set up the show with, yep. it just, it deeply matters. And we need to be both more mindful of the words that we used, more thoughtful and more visionary for the kind yes. of world that we want to create. And so I love the thought of this conference. I also love that you have been intentional and deliberate about the kinds of people that you are putting on the stage. Mm. So as a woman, um, as a mother of children of color, as a wife to a person of color, like it, my, my world is very diverse. And so yep. I, that's incredibly important to me. And anytime I say yes to something, it needs to match that value of mm. diversity. And so for to see that you are doing that with this conference and, and really helping people to pay attention to voices that have been previously historically marginalized, yeah. it matters as much as that. the words do, the presence does as well. I love that. I love that. Okay. Well, let's, let's dive in to, you know, today's episode where we want to really dive into coaching and the coaching experience and, and what happens in our lives as leaders mm -hmm. when we're coached. And so you do this. I mean, you do this a lot for people. I know in my life, the season that I had a leadership coach when it, it was the best season that I've ever had. Mm. It was over the course of a year. I just think through just having that voice in my life and uh, the goals that I was able to achieve, the the steps I was able to take with my personal health, with my family. Oh my goodness! So mm. this whole episode, we've just kind of we're just diving into this. So when it comes to coaching, what's the best coaching experience like you personally have been through? Why was it so meaningful? You know, mm. what did it do for you? I, I just love to start there. Can I give you two? Absolutely. 
Okay. So the first one was my very first experience with coaching, which was back in 2005. Mm. And I had never heard of coaching before. I had never um, experienced it, obviously. And I got connected to this coach who literally is a world-class coach. She's uh, the 23rd person in the history of the world that's ever been inducted into the U.S. Tennis Pro Hall of Fame. Um, and he literally has changed the game of coaching. Um, and change the game of tennis. So he worked with me for a year. And I have told him countless times over the last 20 years now, he changed the trajectory of my life. Mm. I would not be the same human today were it not for Dr. Jack Grapple. Wow. And that year, he worked with me across my whole life in leadership. It wasn't just like how to learn a new skill or, you know, how to achieve a, you know, mm -hmm like write a book or something like that. Like it was, it was very much internally driven to how it then played out in my life and in my leadership. And so we talked about physical and emotional and spiritual and relational, all everything. And um, rest and recovery was kind of the biggest one for me. Mm. So that was so significant because it changed the trajectory of your life. And you know, when you change your trajectory, you end up in a different location over time. Even if it's a one degree shift over time, that lands you in a completely different place right, than if you right. had not shifted trajectories. So Jack Grapple uh, I mean, unequivocally changed my mm. life and we are still very close. Um, I adore him. He's an incredible man. The other one is just recently, this fall, I signed up for a coaching intensive experience. It was a 90 day accelerator program um, with a female entrepreneur who coaches women to build seven figure companies. Oh, wow. And I have never paid so much money in my entire life for anything in my whole entire life, other than buying a house or a car. Right. Like, right. I spent so much money and I did it because I believe in our mission mm. and I believe that it is directly connected to my ability to lead it well. Yes. And so these last, it was a 90 day program and I just wrapped it up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it has again, changed the trajectory wow. of my company wow. and internally changed me as a CEO in ways that I didn't even anticipate when I first stepped into it. So I, I practice what I preach. I have had a coach consistently in my own leadership for the last decade plus uh, because I believe so much in it and what it can do for us. Wow. Wow. So why is that? Why, why is a coach's voice so important in our lives? Like what, what, what just makes the difference? Is it because, you know, 95% of the time, I don't know what the percentages were, you know, paying a coach, is that why we take it more seriously or what gives that voice so much weight? Yeah. I, I mean, certainly the accountability and the support is really important. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's part of it. I tell people, if you can achieve a goal on your own, don't hire a coach, like right. just get it done. Right. But you know, you look at, we're about to roll into the next year and 95% of people fail in their new year's resolutions within the first 30 days. <laughs> Jeez. And wow. it's not because it's not because the goals don't matter or right. because they don't have enough willpower or because it, you know, that they don't have the, the will, like, it, is, it has nothing to do with all of that. People are set up to fail because right. they don't have the internal structures and the external structures that will match them to be able to achieve it. So I think why it matters is because we all have internal conversations going on all of the time that are leading us into possibility and into the life that we want to live or outside of them. 
And most of the time, those internal conversations are leading us out of our potential and out of what is possible for us. Right. And so a coach isn't just about your future. Like I think that some coaching gets some bad rap that like it's just future oriented or future focused. Yeah. And it is, but it actually, what it does is it helps you to connect differently to your present mm. and participate differently in the present so that you can wow. naturally experience different results for your future. Wow. That's why coaching is so powerful is it helps you to participate and engage differently today so that you get different results tomorrow. Wow. Boy, that's, yeah, that's phenomenal. And I just think back to those coaches that I've had in my life and you just hit it right on the head. I mean, that's, that was the difference, you know, I, I think about when their, their voice kind of, you know, came to an end in my life, you know, for a season, yeah, well, I really kept that going. Sure. Uh, and it, you know, it, it was fantastic. And then, you know, life got crazy and everything, you know, kind of happened. So when we think about, you know, a, a coach communicating with us, um, how, how, how does the coach go about communicating in, with us in ways to help us improve? You know, how do they figure that out or, or how are they able to speak into our lives? So, you know, we're able to take those steps. Yeah. That's a great question. And I think I would first even preface my response to that by saying that coaching really isn't about the coach. Mm. It's, it's about the client. It's about you. Yeah. It's about whoever's on the other side of that. So a coach who knows what they're doing is not actually about using their own voice. Mm. But when I coach someone, I see my responsibility is listening to what the other person is saying and not saying and reflecting it back to them to see if that results in if that if that's going to give them the results that they want and if that reflects the kind of person they want to become and the kind of results they want to have in their wow. life and in their leadership so i don't give people advice i don't tell people what to do mm. i don't I, none of that because ultimately then then that is about me and it's not about right. them right but if the client says they want to achieve this goal, my job is to then listen for what it is that they are saying that is either moving them into that reality or moving them away from it. What are the resistances? Wow. What are the self-limiting beliefs? What are the, the things that are getting in the way internally or externally for them actually achieving that? And then we work together to like clear that stuff out so that they can move down that pathway with more ease and more joy and more lightness and actually get her done. Yeah. So when you coach someone, do you do it individually? Do you, do you coach? Is there like a cohort or are there many, many people involved or is it primarily just that one-on-one -on -one kind of coaching? So I really believe that transformation happens better together. Hmm. I think that we become more of who we've been created to be in relationship. So yeah. I would say 90% of the work that I do now is coaching in groups because of that reality. Yeah. Um, we also, th there, there's higher accountability, there's higher support, there's higher um, awareness that happens. We, we connect and we hear our stories in each other. There's so much that happens in a group context that gets you further down the line faster. Um, so I, I will predominantly do that mixed with some one-to-one -one coaching because coaching is also very permission-based and it is very relational. And so in order for you to get 
the kind of results that you want. I need to be able to listen and hear, and we need to work through your own stuff right, so that right. you can actually <laughs> move toward that faster. So it's kind of a both and, but I would say the driver for me is in a group context so that those relationships can really be the most valuable thing to push you forward. So, so, so many people, you know, coach or counselor. And so, mm -hmm. you know, the counselor is helping me work through issues and the deep stuff. The coach is, you know, helping me really uh, like achieve, strive, succeed. Is, is that, am I, am I on the right path? Yeah. So I actually, we talk about three guides that every leader needs. Um, and I would say you don't need all three at the, at the same time because that's yeah. pretty overwhelming. <laughs> it's a lot of work <laughs> and it's a lot of money. Um, but I think that every leader needs these three different guides in place so that at different points in time, they can activate them. So mm. I think you do need a therapist because a therapist is, is really past oriented. It's a healing science yeah, and it is, is arranged so that you can deal with past traumas, hurts, childhood, um, you know, family of origin, all that kind of stuff to really move beyond like what has, what's holding you back into the past. Yeah. I would also say a spiritual director or somebody mm. who kind of can meet you in the present and help you yeah. to see God and yourself and the world in a different way Yep. and help you really anchor into like what's going on for you right here, right now. And then a coach is future focused. So it's, you know, where is it that you want to be 90 days down the road, six months down the road? And then how do we flip that so that I participate again differently today so that I can naturally receive those results, you know, three months, six months down the road. And a coach is much more results driven. They're action oriented yeah. and they are about like the future and who you are becoming and what you're going to achieve. Yeah. So, so if you're thinking about coaching, and you're uh, not ready for the potential pain or the potential, um, uh, I don't know, what's well, a better word than pain, but hmm. I mean, there, there's like a season where, you know, every time we grow, right, we've got to move yeah. through something. And so if you're yeah. <laughs> like, you better be ready then, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, transformation is brutal. I mean, right. it, it's loss, right? It's like saying goodbye to my old self. It's saying goodbye to the way that things used to be, to the old habits, to the things that have held me back, to my mm. stuckness, yeah. right? the things that I've tolerated, the excuses that I've settled for yep. and going, okay, I'm going to do some things different. And yeah, that can be really hard. But, you know, our, our logo is a picture, like an abstract picture of a butterfly mm. and really a butterfly becomes that, but it, starts as a caterpillar and then it goes into a cocoon right. and the cocooning right. process sucks. It sucks. Right. And that's really honestly what I think a lot of coaching is, is it's in the cocoon. It's dark. It's scary. You don't know when you're going to get out. You liquefy, become goo. DNA literally changes for a yep. butter from a caterpillar into a butterfly. And then there's the freaking breakthrough. Right. So once out. the butterfly actually is formed, yeah, you got to break through the cocoon. Yep. You can't yep. allow somebody else to crack it open for you. Like that's actually really shitty coaching is when yep. the coach does the work for you and like helps you break out of the cocoon. You won't be able to fly if that <laughs> right. happens. So you right. got to bust out of that cocoon yourself so that you're actually able to fly and you are transformed. You are a completely different being. And I think that's the potential of coaching, but Yes, it is. It is hard work. And there are some like real come to Jesus moments. <laughs> There's yeah. some real resistances yeah. and lies and previous ways of behaving and engaging in the world that you've got to move through. Right. Um, 
which is also why I practice what I preach, dude, because right. <laughs> I, I, I got to have some empathy for like what I'm inviting other people yep. into and yep. for like yep. the work that I'm encouraging them to do. Yeah. It's hard. Absolutely. So what, what should, you know, someone look for as they look, you know, for a coach? And I think sometimes people are under this like misconception that it's only uh, leaders or it's only, you know, people who are like out there, they have a big platform. I, no way. Like this is, this, the potential is for every, every human being. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually one of the, the myths that I'm hoping to bust with my company mm. is previously coaching has really been excluded for like the athlete or for like the white guy in the C-suite. Those mm. are really the two people groups that have right. benefited from coaching. Right. Um, certainly coaching is for high achievers, high performers, people that like want better levels of success and a breakthrough and all that. Right. But I really, I think about coaching as it is for every single person who wants to become their whole self. Yep. So the first thing that I would say in terms of what to look for is that your coach needs to be certified mm. and they need to have gone through a reputable process to become mm. certified. Because just like we were talking about therapy, like you would never go to a therapist's office who like just got a degree in like right. five hours off of a website and like right. read a chapter out of a book. Cause you're Oof. like, um, no, you're, that's dangerous. Like that's right. really risky. Um, and there's a lot of bullshit coaching out there. Honestly, yeah. It's, yeah. it's bad. It's like the wild, wild west. So <laughs> I would say you need to choose somebody who has done their work and who has yeah. done the training, um, and isn't just positioning themselves as an expert in their field. Yep. Um, those are called mentors and those are really valuable to have, yep. but that's a mentor who's saying like, exactly. do what I've done and follow in my path. Coaching has nothing to do that. I have coached people to do things that I have zero experience in and no <laughs> expertise. I have coached pe people in all sorts of sectors that have, I've, I have no, I've had no interaction with because right. it's not about me. It's about the developmental science of of transformation and yes. approaching. So yep. look for somebody who's done that kind of work and who has that kind of training. Yep. And then I would say, because it is permission-based, you need to be, to have a sort of a trust connection. You need to be able to like them, trust them, have a sense that like they know what they're doing. Mm. Um, because even though it's not their voice and it's not their advice or it's their expertise that is guiding you, that you still need to be able to crack yourself open to yeah. this person in a really vulnerable way so that you can get through, move beyond some of the mindsets and self-limiting beliefs and and hindrances and resistances that have kept you where you're at. Because oh, yeah. those are not the things that are going to serve you moving forward. Right. So I would say those are kind of the most important things that I would say to look for. Yeah. No, that's huge. That's huge. Okay. So... We, we, we kind of did a quick deep dive into <laughs> coaching, um, but because I have you and we have a little bit of time left, I just, I just wanted to ask you, you know, how can we continue, you know, I mean, w in whatever environment you're in to keep improving, uh, geez, really raising the value of women's voice and leadership, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you talked about your company earlier, kind of smashing the patriarchy, like how do we continue in, you know, in whatever place we are, just raising the value of that uh, and pushing it forward. So we get to a place where, you know, it, it, it catches up. Yeah. 
Thank you for asking that. I think one of the most valuable things that we can do, and this is both men and women, is to listen to the voices of women. Mm. Uh, about 12, 14 years ago, maybe more, I decided that I was going to listen and read mostly, almost exclusively women and people of color. Mm. Because I looked back on my formal education, my college degree, which is the formal education, um, the books that I had read, the podcasts I had listened to, the uh, all of it, and it had been almost exclusively formed by white male voices yeah, and Christian voices at that. Yeah. And I just went, you know, I think that maybe God is bigger than that. Mm. Not that those were wrong or bad, um, yeah. but maybe God is bigger than that. And maybe if I were to even find my own voice in ways that was more true and more whole, I needed to listen to the voices of women. So I think, again, we're moving into 2023. It could be an incredible challenge for the men and women that are listening yeah. <laughs> on this white dude's podcast. <laughs> To, to listen to and to watch and to right. read a disproportionate amount of voices of women mm. and people of color. Yeah. I think that it would change our views of women. I think it would change our interactions with them. I think it would change what we notice in language and in power structures and in opportunities that are given to women. It would change so very much on a heart level, on a behavioral level, on a on a leadership and structural level, um, but it has to start internally and it has to start with me. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Not simple, but I think no, it's important. Absolutely. I think back in my own life, I mean, I don't know where I'd be without the voice of uh, women and their leadership in my life. You know, my mom has been incredibly influential. My mom is someone who grew up in a very abusive, um, mm. you know, uh, her, her, her parents, her, her dad was abusive, you know, to both her, her and her mom. And then she grew up in the city of Detroit. Like one of my mom's memories is in 67 when the riots were happening mm. and the national guard came. And so she grew up, you know, having to learn, um, race, you know, at a very young age. And then her dad was like, hey, you're not going to college. That's not what women do, you know? And so she went back. I can remember being 16. My mom is, you know, in school full time, finally got her bachelor's while working full time, then got her master's, then did all of her counseling hours, you know? And so I think back to like, you know, I, I've, I learned so, yeah. so much from her and it's just her fight, you know, to be able mm -hmm. to you know, move forward. And then I barely graduated college. Like I was not the sharpest tool to shed, but I, my, my advisor, Jenny Knowles, like without this mm -hmm. woman's leadership in my life. So I'm, I just feel blessed that I've been able to look back yeah. and go, okay, you're like, better I, for it. Yeah. I mean, just like, this is, mm -hmm. you know, this is just incredible. So, you know, so you said a couple of things there, if I can kind of punctuate for you Ooh, yeah, or for us. Um, one is it's really important to have those up close and personal connections, encounters with women who are leading and women who are kind of breaking through those barriers. So you talking about your mom and the importance of seeing that up close and personal and the struggle and the fight and the breakthrough and the surrender and all of that is really powerful to be able to humanize the experience. Yeah. Um, I often hear men when they talk about the leadership or the, the importance of the voices of women, 
talking almost exclusively about their moms and their wives. Mm. And that takes care of the up close and personal. But I would also say like the Jenny Knowles of yeah. your life, like yeah. that is also important because yeah. um, you need to be able to learn from and be challenged by and, and rebuked and encouraged by women that aren't in your family mm -hmm. <laughs> and that have some leadership and have some power that aren't connected to your family Christmases and yep. your birthday card, you know? And so I yep. think that you, you highlighted really the importance of both aspects of that, um, yeah. of, of those voices and of the influence and the power that we give to women in our everyday life. And then, you know, on a broader level. So yeah. thank you for illustrating. Yeah, that. absolutely. Whew. My goodness. Okay. Last question. I, I, and okay. we're, we're coming, you know, to our time and we could probably do a whole other podcast on this, but um, you and I, we both have been down the adoption road. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, you're a little further down the road than we are, you know, we adopted a little boy from kind of, uh, kind of China. His name is, <laughs> his Kai. name is Kai. His name is Kai, but he's <laughs> from China, <laughs> but you know, he's eight now. And so, you know, he's figured out, you know, and, and we haven't been the type of family who's, you know, we're in all these China adopt groups and they're, you know, like they fully immerse, like their family fully immerses with the culture of China and, you know, all. The, we really haven't taken that approach, but, you know, he and I talk about, you know, and we watch kind of our gotcha video, you know, or gotcha, um, mm -hmm. family day video, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I'm just curious with, you know, your road, uh, and especially with your kids with, you know, communicating to them. Like, what have you learned about communicating about your children's birth parents and yeah. have they asked questions or, you know, like, how, how have you gone down that? Cause this is, this is more, you know, selfish for me just so, you know, I can learn. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We could have hours of conversation about this, maybe in Florida <laughs> when we yes. come together in March for the conference. Yes. Um, you know, the first thing that I would say is that we've told our kids actually since day one, your whole story matters. Mm your story mattered before you became Diaz's and yep. um, it, it deeply matters to us and it matters deeply to God. And so in that, we have also said since day one, before they could even understand it, you can always ask us anything and mm. we will tell you the 100% truth that is appropriate for your age at the time. Yep. And so I remember my son who is 14 now, he was five years old the very first time that he asked about his birth mom. Mm. And he was having some memories and he couldn't quite put it together. He couldn't quite make wow. sense of it. And he crawled up in the bed and we started talking and I sobbed wow. with him, like curled up in my lap, curled up on my chest. And we mm. just talked about his birth mom and we talked about his birth story and his birth family and his culture and where he came from. And I mean, we, we talked five years old. We talked for about 45 minutes wow. that night and That's it was past powerful. his bedtime. Our kids have those stories living within them. Yeah. And so I, we have been very, very deliberate mm -hmm. about affirming their whole story and that yeah. it all matters, that it's all important and that we will answer anything. And so our kids both know now their entire stories. Um, they've asked a ton of questions along yeah. the way and they're becoming, you know, they're teenagers now. And so they are becoming more aware of their identity and their, their place in the world and yep. what they are here for in the world and why their mom is white and their dad is brown and their hmm. other brother looks like their mom, like to a T like they're, they're very aware of all of those things. Right. And so, um, we're also really 
aware um, and proactive with our language around like each of our kids having a really special and unique place in our family. Yes. And none of our kids share blood, like yeah. no biological relationship. Right. And like that a family is still a family because of how God forms it and because yeah. of how we belong to each other. And so we just, we talk about that kind of stuff ad nauseum. I mean, it's, yep. we talk about race in our family probably five or six times a week because we're a multicultural, multiracial family. We talk yep. about adoption every single week. We talk about, yep. you know, sexuality and bodies. I mean, it's all out there all the time because <laughs> it just, our, our language, like what we say matters can be talked about. What we, what right. we open up can be discussed. And so it's all, open. Right. it's all out there. And if you don't, they're going to learn it on their own or at school from somebody else's vantage point and perspective. And so I just applaud that, especially as parents. I mean, uh, both of us, you know, working and serving with parents for yeah. so long in our past careers, yeah. you know, yep. just cannot push parents enough to actually just communicate, have the, you don't have to have all the right answers. Just, just listen and, you know, do the absolute best you can. Yeah. <sighs> my goodness, my friend, this was so rich, so powerful. I mean, I'm, I, I laughed. I, um, my, my, I, you can't see, but my eyes are tearing up. Uh, so this was, I just really value this conversation a ton before I let you leave. Uh, let me just do a couple super rapid fire questions. People yes. can kind of keep getting to know you favorite restaurant on the planet. Javier's it's a Mexican restaurant in Southern California. Best Mexican food. Mm. Love it. I might have to try it. I might, I might be out your way the first week of February. So I'll have to remember that one. Second question. What is the best book you've read this year? We should all be millionaires by Rachel Rogers. We should all be millionaires. Okay. And then one place on planet earth you can't wait to visit. The Maldives. Oh, okay. Okay. I very much resonate. Where can people find you? Like where, where is the best way people can go and get more information about what you do and who you are and all that? Uh, personally, my Instagram is probably the best place. April L Diaz. There's two L's there. Um, and then for my company, uh, azernco.com would be the best place. Okay. And we'll link that in the show notes and do all that kind of stuff. Well, thank you so much, April. Thank you to our audience for joining us. Thank you every single time you listen and download and share. This was so rich. And so I just appreciate it. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to remind you, we talked about it uh, in the podcast, but the speakers conference is just around the corner. Uh, one of the absolute great things about the speakers conference is that you will actually be able to sit down and have conversations with our uh, speakers like April. And so what I'm really excited about is that after most of the sessions, there'll be a, a speaker panel. And so the speakers will be able to get up there and so you'll be able to just ask them, you know, those questions. Hey, I, I, I'm walking into this type of scenario. What we did you, whatever it is, I just can't wait for you to be able to experience that. Make sure you check out uh, the website, thespeakersconference.com, March 21 to March 23 in uh, 2023, Clearwater Beach, Florida. So can't wait for you to do that. Thanks again for being a part of the podcast. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for leaving a review. Again, this podcast exists because words matter. And we believe healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, -on, -one, on a team, from a stage, behind a screen, we hope that this podcast challenged you, encouraged you to communicate in healthy ways. Thanks so much for joining us. We cannot wait uh, till next week, and we'll see you then. Thanks so much. Bye.